Good morning. This is Deacon Mary, and welcome back to our third catechesis session on spiritual rhythms in Coronatide, featuring the book, The Common Rule by Justin Early. So I have in front of us for review, these four habits for Coronatide that we are looking at this quarter of catechesis sessions. Last week, we talked about rhythms of prayer as and how small rhythms of constant prayer help our house lean into who we were made to be, lovers of God and neighbor. And we talked about how praying three times a day is a way that in each of those three times, we break into that busy schedule we have during the day and we break in and we allow God, therefore, to break into our days. And this is part of why we even pray three times a day so that we can pause and ask God to continue to be a part of our day. So on this side panel, um, it says that all of these rhythms are designed to work together to create household patterns of stability and hope in a time of distraction, upheaval, and fear. And of course, when we talk about household patterns, we're also talking about community patterns, the community patterns of all souls, our community here. So we have to remember that you know, we all have habits and our lives are filled with rhythms. And the question we've been asking ourselves is what are the habits that we have that are forming us? And how could those habits be aligned into a life that is focused on formation in God? Let's pause and think about what that even means. One of my favorite passages is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians in the opening chapter of his letter to them. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Last Sunday, I preached about what that hope is in my sermon. And I cited N.T. Wright who stated, Heaven in the Bible is not a future destiny only, but the other hidden dimension of our ordinary life. In this statement, Wright challenges us to center not only on that wonderful expectation of Christ's return and the healing of earth and all of its people, and that is our ultimate hope, but we also have to focus on the hidden hope we have in the resurrected Christ's spirit who indwells us. And I think this is the hope Early is alluding to when he cites embracing hope as an important spiritual attitude to focus on during Coronatide, that we are to embrace that post-resurrection, post-Pentecost, there really has been an inbreaking of the spirit into our world and that we are the carriers of that spirit into a world, a nation, and our church that is in crisis in so many different ways. But what causes us to lose track of that hope? There's so many things. It's actually a question that I encourage you to ponder for yourselves and talk with each other about this week. What loses, what is it in our lives that helps us or gets in the way of hope? And along with that, what gives us hope? And I think if we examine those questions, we can begin to look at habits 
that therefore can enhance living a life of hope. So for me, it's weariness of mind and body. So when I think about habits that should build a strong trellis for my life, I think of sleep as one of them. When I don't sleep or take care of my body in other ways, like habit, like eat uh, food and exercise, a deep weariness of soul creeps in because our bodies really are and do matter. Or self-isolation is another thing that I can be guilty of, especially in time of coronatide. And in this, I, I fail to pursue friendships. Um, and that's so necessary because we experience hope in our relationships. Another way that I fall out of hope is when I'm not careful to guard my thoughts from a steady intake of media and depressing news at the expense of spiritual reading. Today, we are going to watch two clips from Justin Early's video series. The first is a consideration of how we might begin to curate our media so that we can live lives of beauty and hope. This episode, we're going to be talking about weekly habit number two, which is curating your media intake. And what we're going to see is that stories form a huge part of who we are. But because of recent technology shifts, while we used to have to go out and find stories, now they come and find us. And they shape us in all kinds of ways we don't expect. So we need a new virtue, that is the ability to choose stories well. To get the idea behind this habit, you have to understand the idea of curation. So picture a blank gallery wall where you have limited space, keyword limits, and you have to pick your favorite art to go on it or the most meaningful art to go on it. The idea is you have to decide. The Latin root of the word decide is to cut or to kill because what you're doing is actually cutting off other options every time you pick one thing. That's the idea behind curation. And here's the reality of stories in our modern moment. They are everywhere. They are streaming from every corner of every room. And the fact is that if we do not decide what to watch by curating our intake, then programmers or media companies will decide for us. And that is the real importance here. Because either we curate our stories or the world of stories will curate us. Now, the reason I care so much about this is not because we don't need stories. It is not because stories don't matter. It's actually the exact opposite. It is because stories matter so much. Stories shape the world. They teach us more powerfully than any Sunday school what it means to be human, what it means to live the good life, what it means to love. We've got to be careful with stories precisely because they are so important. So we should be engaging in really good stories, but we should be picking stories that make us dream of a more just world. We should be picking stories that are so well told, are so beautiful that we rejoice in God and his creation and the people that he's made. And we should most of all be watching them together because we choose much better when we watch in community rather than when we watch alone. Now, a lot of people understandably have questions about how to start this habit of curating your weekly media. My advice is first, just pick an hour limit and pick one that makes sense for you. This might be four hours, it might be 10, it might be two, it might be 12, 
how many hours is not nearly so important as just picking a limit in the first place and sticking to it. Because remember, it's limits that force us to choose and curate carefully. Now then, try writing down what you watch. Just jot it down somewhere, keep track of your hours, because study after study shows that people drastically underestimate the time they spend watching screens. They think it's six, it's actually 14 hours. Another thing, a lot of people ask, what counts as a story? Which is actually a really good question, because when you think about it, all sorts of media, from social media to news media, they're all trying to capture our hearts and our attention through stories. So I would really think about this as being careful about what stories you allow to capture your heart through the attention of your eyes. Think of it broadly. But remember, the reason you're doing this is not just to be different, it's not to watch less, it's not to stop wasting time, it's that we become the stories we watch. So we need to choose carefully. Above all, we need to choose them on purpose. So that's the idea behind the weekly habit of curating your media intake. As always, here's your fact to ponder, your question to discuss, and your habit to practice. Fact to ponder, the average user spends about 500 hours a year streaming media. Think about that. That's the amount of time it would take to volunteer at a shelter or a tutoring center twice a week, the time it would take to join a couple boards. It's even the time it would take to write the average novel. Just think about what we're putting ourselves in front of for that much time every year. Here is your question to discuss. I want you to talk about what is one way you appreciate the way that modern stories are forming you and one way you're concerned about the way that modern stories are forming you. And finally, here's your habit to practice. This week, you're gonna practice curating media intake to an hour limit. So whatever that hour limit is, pick it, just write it down, and don't beat yourself up if you don't hit your limit, but just notice what you aim for and what you got, and if you're brave, you can share that next week. So I, I love that little clip because I love how early ties in how stories can inspire us to live lives of beauty and justice. Uh, and also how developing some simple good habits regarding media can make a big difference. I know in that clip, he was mainly focused on streaming media on videos. And I think that's really important to set some time limits for that and to curate our media, our streaming. But I also think we should take a look at how we digest news. I know in the beginning of Coronatide, I was constantly, every time I had a little notification on my computer, I would look at the news. And I found I was reading news lots of different times during the day and reading news late at night. And that really got me depressed. And I realized that I just needed to stop doing that. And one of the things I think really helps me is I just turn off all those notifications of news. Um, I used to like to get them. I remember being notified when the Pope was elected, for instance, but now I see you get notified for just silly stories and it's not just breaking news and how that just really interrupts your day and you end up consuming a lot more news during your day, which is not only distracting, but also you're just consuming a lot of news and let's face it, most of it is really depressing. And 
for video watching, I, of course, I am the first one that loves to, if I get really, really tired, the thing I love to do is just settle down with a good video, a good show, and just kind of, you know, zoom out. But um, I have also found that this summer, I really made a habit of always having on hand a really good novel um, so that I read instead of watching videos for relaxation. And there's a lot of really wonderful stories and books. I know I shared with all of you the book, This Tenderland, but there's just really a lot of wonderful books out there. Um, and if you're interested and you wanna email me, I'd be love to give, give you some suggestions if you're looking for that. But we have to remember that stories come to us in novels too. And they're a wonderful way of absorbing stories because they really activate our imagination. And I think in a way they activate our spirits in a way that watching a good video doesn't because that's more of a passive kind of engagement. Although I'm not saying we shouldn't watch movies. I'm a big movie lover, but I really think we should take his challenge and consider it. So we're going to end this talk with another video clip. And um, this clip is basically goes over the last chapter of his book. And you might be asking, why are we reading the last chapter of the book before we've had a real chance to dig into the main content? Well, because if we're going to be focusing on hope, I think it's a good to have hope that changing out some of our daily habits for others will bring us to a place of hope and interchange. So before you start out on a destination, it's always good to have an idea of where your footsteps are taking you and how you're going to get there. So that's why I'm having you read his conclusion, because he has a lot of great insights into how this common rule has changed his life. So many of us are going to be trying to do this thing, taking Early's habits and incorporating them into our own rule of life. But we have to know from the outset, it will not be smooth sailing and we will fail. And in this video clip that we're gonna watch, Early is going to be describing a morning when he had an epiphany a realization that failure is not the enemy of formation. It is the liturgy of formation. How we deal with failure says volumes about who we really believe God is. When we trip on failure, do we fall into ourselves or do we fall into grace? We cannot pursue habits for the purpose of success, but in pursuit of a life in which we realize God's power and strength in our weaknesses. So if we're gonna to try to do this, we have to realize it's only God that can help us and that we are going to fail. So let's hear what Early has to say about this in this video. Of the video series, we're gonna be talking about two of the most important concepts of spiritual formation, failure and beauty. The reality is, that if you've been going along in this video series, if you've been reading the common rule and practicing the habits, you've been experiencing a lot of failure. And for some people, that's a reason to not do anymore or to not even start in the first place because failure gets in the way of success. But I wanna show you that that's backwards. That's not the way to think about it. When you take failure and beauty and put them together, you see that stumbling doesn't mean you're not headed towards a beautiful goal. And sometimes on the path towards beauty, failure will be precisely the way you get there. I remember waking up one morning really early, and I hadn't gone to bed on time, and I should have. 
And I was trying to lead some people through the common rule habits at that time. And I myself was messing them all up. And I just felt like a failure. I felt mad. And on top of that, the reason I was up early is, was, was because my son got up early and I had to go take care of him. And I remember picking him up and beginning to rock him and flipping out my phone. And I remember just wanting to scroll something to numb my mind. But then I felt this snag, scripture before phone, because at this point it was a habit. And I remember thinking, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. This is a stupid habit. It doesn't even matter. And then the most strange thing happened. I just start doing it anyway, because of course it's a habit. I opened up a Bible app and I started reading through a Psalm. It was Psalm 27. And I was totally just trying to check this habit off the list. I was speed reading through this Psalm. It was an insult to the text. And then as I am sprinting through this passage, it was almost like a tripwire was laid out and it snagged me. And all of a sudden I fall face first onto this verse. One thing I have asked of the Lord, one thing that I will seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon his beauty. And I remember just being totally flipped outward. I totally emptied out. I had spent this whole morning thinking about my inward state. I had spent this whole morning looking at my failure, thinking that my performance was the center of the universe. And suddenly, through this pesky habit of scripture before phone, I was catapulted into the truth that life is not about that. Life is not about my success or my failure. It's about the beauty of the Lord and dwelling with him. And when you look at your behavior, whether your successes or your failures, the world begins to dim. But when you look at the beauty of God, who he is, what he has made, and what he has done and is doing for us, then the whole world begins to brighten, including our successes and our failures. Some people ask me, and it's a legitimate question, is it legalistic to live according to habits like these? And I want to suggest that our hearts are always legalistic. We're always yearning to find some way to justify our existence in the world by something we do, and the reality is, though, that habits can actually help lift us out of that. They help lift our gaze out of those and up towards the beauty of God. And when that's your goal, to see the beauty of the Lord, you don't care if you're tripping along the way because you're not looking down at your feet anymore. You're looking up at Him. And this is the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So many people mistake Christianity for a set of rules or a kind of behavior. And it's just wrong. It's just flat out wrong. It's stunningly wrong. The essence of the gospel of Jesus is that because he lived, died, and rose again for you, your life is no longer characterized by what you've done. It's characterized by who he is. And that's why true faith in Jesus and following him eventually leads to a kind of self-forgetfulness where you can finally live a life for someone other than yourself. And even though that means living within his narrow limitations, it is the most freeing thing that will ever happen to you. That is where the good life is. That is what we are made for. And this central goal of life, to live a beautiful life of loving God and neighbor, that is what habits can help us with. I hope hearing today what the end game is and pursuing habits that change our days and our lives was helpful. But even more, I hope you heard that our pursuit of good habits is a pursuit of hope so that the hidden dimension of our lives, that indwelling spirit 
will enable us to come to know Christ in a deeper way. Early suggests in his four rhythms for Coronatide that we initiate a small outward liturgy in our home that symbolizes our pursuit of a life of hope, which he um, talks about here, lighting a candle in your window as a symbol and a reminder of your hope. If your neighbors ask you, be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within you. So you might want to do this or Maybe you would prefer to light a candle at your dinner table and even leave that ca candle on the table for the reminder for the remainder of the night. Um, there are a myriad of simple actions that we could choose to symbolize and serve as a reminder to hope, such as lighting this candle as a mini family liturgy that could serve, I hope, to help you remember that our God is stronger than our weaknesses and failures, and his grace reveals to us each day the true hidden meaning of hope and power in our lives. So that concludes this video session. If you're enjoying these video sessions, um, you might want to dig into the book. You might want to, read, to take a look at our Common Rule page, which gives the reading assignments. And I do hope that you're talking with your friends about it in our community, your uh, family members. But if you're interested in enlarging that circle, we will be getting together on Wednesday night, um, October 28th um, at the church in person, but we'll also be programming that on Zoom uh, for different you know, members of our community that would like to talk about the book. And we'll have some discussion questions that we'll jump into. So I'd like to invite you to do that. Um, so I hope that this week is a week of hope for you and thank you so much for listening this morning.